بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين I hope إن شاء الله you have my picture and my voice and inshallah as soon as I get the confirmation I can start today inshallah we want to start with uh, a very well-known saying of Imam Ali salam in Nahjul Balaqah according to some it is the wise saying 289 according to some might be 286 so more or less it's uh, the same and this is a sermon that Imam Salam by describing a brother in God, a brother in faith that he had in the past, he mentions actually the good qualities and the good characteristics that every person should have. Imam salam says, in the past I had a brother in God a brother in faith so it's not a brother in a biological sense a blood brother it's a brother that is my fellow mu'min, my fellow faithful brother. There have been discussions about who was that brother. Uh, the qualities are so good that even some people said maybe Imam Ali is referring to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because we know that the Prophet chose Imam Ali as his brother when he made brotherhood between people of Medina and Muhajirun at the end he chose Imam Ali as his own brother uh, but on the other hand, some have said that it's unlikely to refer to the Prophet because, for example, uh, Imam al-Salam comes to this point and says, He was a person that people took him as a weak person. Uh, 
inshallah we'll explain what does that mean but they say it's uh, difficult to take this for Rasulullah because uh, normally no one describes Rasulullah in this way uh, some people have said maybe it refers to Abu Dhar but again some people have said it's difficult to say that it refers to Abu Dhar because one of the things that Imam Ali says about that brother is that he was like a lion very brave especially when for example there was a battle so Abu Zar uh, is not normally known as a person who was very outstanding in his for example bravery although you know he was a brave person but not someone in that caliber some people say maybe it was about Meqdad Meqdad ibn Amr who was known as Meqdad ibn al-Aswad and he was a very good companion of Imam Ali salam. some people have said maybe it refers to Salman because Salman was very special in his Iman and his qualities so there are different views even some people have said maybe it's not actually one person that Imam Ali is describing he is describing a group a type of brother in any case I think uh, for Imam Ali it was not important to mention the name of that brother and what is was important for him was the qualities otherwise he could have mentioned that uh, this was for example the name of my brother so what should be our focus and concern is to look carefully at those qualities to evaluate ourselves to see whether we have those qualities or not if we have them of course it's very difficult to say that we have them at least uh, I cannot say I have them uh, so we have to work hard to achieve them and if we have them so we have to be grateful and we have to work hard to preserve them and to develop them further inshallah so it's not something like a history that we read about someone's life it's an instruction it's a prescription of the qualities that you should try to achieve inshallah uh, you will see the translation English translation and I will read the Arabic text also because there is a special beauty in the word of Imam which is in the original text in Arabic but inshallah we will also explain in English okay Kanali Fima Maba Akhun Fillah this shows that the believers are to be 
like brothers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, The believers are to be like brothers and sisters. Indeed, the relation between two believers must be more than the relation between two brothers or a brother and sister or two sisters who have a blood relation but no faith. If there are two brothers like Habil and Qabil, they are brothers, children of the same parents, but they don't share faith. Or even maybe not like Habil and Qabil with, with that sharp contrast. Two brothers, but not both are very religious, not very close to God. They love each other as brothers, they feel close to each other as brothers, but compared to those people who are faithful, the brotherhood is much less stronger than those who are faithful. Like, for, for example, Ammar and Salman. These two brothers of faith must be much closer to each other than brothers of blood relations. So, Imam al-Salam is telling us that you can be so close to your fellow believer that you take him as your brother and your relation is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if with your biological brother your relation is coming through your father and mother here the relation comes from Allah as if we are children of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the same God and Imam is so much respecting and loving and missing his brother that he wants to mention these to us like when you have a child for example that you haven't seen for long time and you miss him really then you want to tell people you know I have a child with these qualities so you cannot keep it with yourself you want to mention to other people because you really love your child and you miss him so by saying people about him you feel as if you are getting somehow a kind of relief so Imam says okay now what are those characteristics that that brother had it's very beautiful, very brief, but very profound. Imam says, what was making him great in my eyes? 
prestigious in my view or great in my eyes was that the world, this world, this dunya, was little, was humble in his eyes. Greatness is relative. If you want to understand how great is someone, one way is this. To look at what is important for that person. By understanding what is important for that person, you understand how great is that person. For example, if there is a person for whom money is very important, for money he does everything. For money he can tell lies. For money he can do injustice. For money he has no rest. Okay, so what is the value of this person? For sure his value is less than money. Because he is ready to give everything in order to have money. He is ready to give his own honor and dignity and have money. So his value is less than money. Sometimes I use this example. I say for example, if someone says that I never tell lies even if I lose $1,000 but then for $2,000 he may tell, tell lies. So what does it mean? It means that his value is more than $1,000 because for $1,000 he doesn't tell lies. But if it reaches $2,000 he tells lies. So it means that his value is less than 2,000, between 1,000 and 2,000. There are people that even you, if you tell them that I give you $100,000 to tell lies, to do something wrong, they don't do it. But if it reaches $1 million, he says, let me think. I will give you the answer tomorrow. You say, you know, please give, uh, take this one million dollar and do this wrong thing. He says, let me think. And he may accept. Or he may not accept. If he accepts, means his value is less than that. If he takes time, but then finally doesn't accept, it means that it's very close to that level, a little bit more. But a believer, if you give him the entire dunya to commit a sin, he would not do it. If you give him entire dunya, if you give him all the banks with all the treasures that they have, so that he does injustice to one person, he would not accept and he would not even think about it. He wouldn't say, okay, let me, i give you answer tomorrow. He says right away, no. As you know, Imam Ali says, 
والله لأعطيت العقاليم السبعة وما تحت أفلاكها ألا أن أعصي الله في نملة أسلبها جلب شعيرة ما فعلت By Allah If I am given the seven continents and whatever is between the skies and those seven continents so it means all lands all air and space to do what Allah and Allah to do zulm injustice to one and to remove the peel of a barley seed I wouldn't do it how important it is one ant and the peel of a barley a little food that it has in his mouth for Imam Ali zulm is such a bad thing that he is not ready to do a slightest zulm even if you give him the entire dunya and galaxies this is the value of Ali so if you want to understand how important it is for someone and actually how important is someone himself or herself look at what is important for him look at what is ideal for someone Imam Ali says this brother that I had this Mu'min brother that I had was very great in my eyes because dunya with all the attractions that it has was insignificant for him so his own value was more than dunya and it must be the same for all mu'minin because all mu'minin know that dunya is very insignificant in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dunya is mata'un qalil compared to Allah's pleasure Allah's blessings which are preserved for believers in the hereafter dunya is nothing dunya is a toy compared to real life which is akhira inna dar al-akhira lahi al-hayawan a believer would never be satisfied with dunya a believer would never be fully interested in dunya yes a believer would benefit from dunya in order to continue his journey a believer would need food would need house shelter money but only in order to be able to continue his journey towards his destination dunya is not our destination dunya should not be our end dunya should not be our ideal but how many 
of us have achieved this? Unfortunately, not many. If it was a common quality, then Imam Ali didn't need to say, I had a brother in faith who had this quality. I hope that, inshallah, I pray that, inshallah, Allah gives us this very important quality, which by itself brings lots of other good qualities. Because as we know, the excessive love for dunya is the foundation, is the root, is the origin for all mistakes, all problems. So if someone is free from this, it means that he is free from many, many problems. That is a very fundamental issue. It's not something marginal. Okay. So, kana yu'udhimuhu fi aini. He was not controlled by his stomach. What does it mean? It means that he was getting hungry. And here, of course, a stomach and hunger and food is an example for dunya and the material needs that we have. It's not just a matter of food and water. It's an example for all the physical needs, the worldly needs that we have, all the desires that we have in dunya. A moment becomes hungry. Even Rasulullah becomes hungry. A moment is in need of food, water, in need of rest. In need of all material needs that we have in order to survive or have comfortable, reasonable quality of life but what is important is that a woman would not let these desires to be in charge of his life we should be under the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under the command of our apple which is a hujja of Allah, which is leading us towards Allah's pleasure, towards our own interests, towards our own perfection. My aql should tell me what to do and what not to do. But if I give the control and power and command to my stomach, which is an example to my physical desires, then it would misguide me. Then in order to have more physical pleasure and physical satisfaction, I would dedicate all my energy to have more delicious food or to have more Mm, sexual desire 
or to have more, for example, comfort. This becomes the only thing which would be important for me. Or this would be the main thing in my life. This is wrong. Imam Ali says that my brother in God, my brother in faith, was not controlled by his stomach, by his body, and by his bodily needs. It is true that there is a tendency for our physical desires to control us, but he was free. He had freed himself from the control of his stomach. When he was not able to find the means for meeting his physical need, so he was taking it easy. He was not desiring to have something that he couldn't have. If I can have only a little food, okay, that's it. I shouldn't think day and night about having delicious food. I wish I had, you know, tens of uh, tens of types of, you know, food, for example. No. This is enough for me, and I can survive with this. If I cannot have a big house, okay, Alhamdulillah, I have a shelter. If I can have a big house, of course, reasonably big, it's good. One of the things that in Islam is um, taken as a good point is to have a good house, large house. It's not taken as dunya. To have a large house, it's a good thing. But if I cannot have, I cannot afford, should I feel depressed? Should I feel disappointed? Should I always be sad? Oh, look at what people have, you know, what a beautiful house they have, what you know, large houses they have. No. If I cannot have it, so forget it. This is not something that I should feel sorry if I don't have it. Yes, if I don't have good qualities of the soul, that is something that I should really be restless when I think about that. If I don't have generosity, if I don't have patience, if I don't have wisdom, if I have no, um, for example, excessive love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is something that should make me very worried but when it comes to dunya if I cannot afford to have I should be very relaxed it's not important when he cannot find something it means when it's not available to him 
doesn't want it. Means he doesn't waste his energy seeking what is beyond his capacity, beyond his power. And if it was available to him, he was not doing excess. He was not becoming extravagant. He was not doing israf or tabdil. وَلَا يُكْثِرُ إِذَا وَجَدْ Suppose I can afford to have several cars, several houses. I can afford to have every time ten different types of food. Does it mean that I have to do it? I very much enjoy when I meet some mu'mineen that although they are very rich but they never waste their money. They are very rich but when you look at their life they have very reasonable life. If I have every month $1,000 or $1,000,000, my life should be reasonable. I cannot say, okay, now that I have $1,000,000, I should spend 1,000 times more than the one who has $1,000. If he spends, for example, every day $10 on food, I have to spend $10,000 on food. No. There is something reasonable for me. Even if I have billions of dollars, I shouldn't go beyond that. I don't say everyone should be equal. But I say there is something which is reasonable. Something that if you mention to mu'mineen, to Imams, to the Prophet, he says, yes, that's fine for you. But if you go beyond that, then that is not acceptable. So a mu'min would not decide according to what he has or according to what he cannot have. No. He considers what he has first and then what he should spend second. If I cannot have, so forget it. Why I should worry? I do my best, but at the end, my income cannot be more than this. Okay, why I should worry too much? And if I have, again, I should think how much I should spend. What is reasonable for me? That brother of Imam Ali, that Imam Ali misses him so much, was the one that when he was not able to afford to have something, he was not making himself busy with that, preoccupying his mind with that. He was not wanting that. And if it was available, he was careful, he was observing moderation, he was balanced. Okay, I think 
I stop here because then we have a very important quality and it's about the speech and the way he used to reduce his talk. So inshallah we leave it for the next session. If you have question, you know you can put it forward and inshallah we continue with the rest of the wise saying of Imam next week inshallah. Uh, let me see if we have any question. Okay, it seems that still we don't have a question. Okay, we have two questions. Uh, question one, can you elaborate the fact about being with pious ones in dunya but they are no longer here? Uh, it's not uh, the case that they are not here. Yes, someone uh, like Rasulullah is not here. Someone like Imam Ali is not here. Someone like Salman is not here. But there is no reason why uh, we should think that there are no pious people today. No, Alhamdulillah, there are pious people. And in Akhirul Zaman, indeed, there would be people who are very high in their Iman. The people that Rasulullah considered as his brothers. You know that once Rasulullah said, Allahumma laqni ikhwani, O Allah, let me meet my brothers. So his ashab, his companions said, Aren't we your brothers? Rasulullah said, You are my companions. My brothers are those who come in Akhirul Zaman who believe in me without seeing me. So in Akhirul Zaman, uh, as we have in many hadith, we have people. Who are very good. There is a hadith which says that the people of Akhirul Zaman are the best people. Afdal min ahli kull zaman. We are talking relatively, not about every single person. So, even in our age and our time, there are many good people. We should make energy to find them and to try to be with them. We should try to be ourselves pious, but also we should try to be in the company of good people. Question 2. Dear Sheikh, I need to improve my care of parents and increase risk. Yes, uh, inshallah, Allah will give you an all of us topic to look after our parents. Uh, it's a great honor to be able to serve your parents. And indeed, this is a favor of Allah, a grace of Allah, that by serving your parents, you are doing ibadah, looking with kindness at your father, at your mother, helping them, serving them, is ibadah. You know, it's very natural for us to do so. But Allah says, even something natural like showing love to your parents, I take it as ibadah. Of course, uh, those who are married, 
they should able be able to find a way to serve their parents but not without uh, caring for their wife or you know children or husband unfortunately sometimes I see that people cannot find balance so they want to serve parents then they do injustice to their wife or husband or sometimes they want to be kind to their husband or wife they forget parents this balance is very important and for sure serving parents having the prayer of parents would be very important in having rest in having long life blessed life inshallah may Allah help you and help all of us inshallah question 3 salam alaikum alaikum alhamdulillah that these webinars have started again thank you you mentioned that meeting physical needs is not important but what about emotional needs if one had not had these needs satisfied as a child due to difficult family circumstances and they are still unsatisfied by present situation for example in emotion less unloving married and so on then it can become very difficult to cope should one also ignore these needs yeah. I didn't say physical needs are not important or emotional needs are not important psychological needs are not important no they are important I said this is what we need to survive uh, without food without drink without shelter without dress we cannot survive also without meeting our emotions we cannot have our psychological health these are important but what I said is that when it comes to our needs we should take them as only needs not as ideals not as aims by themselves it's important to have food I don't I don't say it's not important but my life is not in order to have food I work hard in order to get money so that then I can have good food that's it no my life is for something greater and I should look after my needs I should meet my needs in order to achieve those ideals that I have so physical needs psychological needs spiritual needs they are all important and for sure emotional needs are more important than physical needs but everything must be under control of Al. we shouldn't let our physical needs to take over or our emotions to take over if someone had difficult life especially in childhood or for example in um, marital life family life yes this is something important but it shouldn't stop it shouldn't make me depressed it shouldn't make me hopeless we can gain everything that we need through connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we can find the best replacement for anything that we have missed in our childhood if my parents have not been kind with me enough kindly or for example I don't know my husband my wife my parents my children I can find come my comfort in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and in Rasulullah, in Imams, in Lady Fatima, they would not leave us alone. One of the things that we say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is we say, Ya Anisa man la Anisa da. Allah is friend, a very intimate friend of the one who has no friend. So, Alhamdulillah, we have many friends, many good people around. But if we were absolutely alone, still we shouldn't feel lonely when we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Question 4. I agree that one should uh, live a simple life and not alone materialistically to dominate one's life. If someone is very rich and successful, he has to live a life that reflects his position and status life. Therefore, he needs to show his success. How do you reconcile the opposite? Um, yeah, thank you. This is a good question. Uh, I don't know why if someone is rich and successful, he has to show it to people. Uh, there must be a reason for that. Sometimes, for example, uh, I have to uh, look successful because, for example, I want to give courage to other people. For example, imagine uh, people, every person thinks that if he is a mu'min, he cannot be successful. So I want to tell them, no, it's moment, uh, possible to be moment and be successful. Okay, so this is a good way to encourage people to give them practical, you know, examples. But not necessarily all the time. Or for example, because I have to deal with different business people and companies and, you know, I don't know, officials, so I have to have, for example, a house that when they come to visit me, they don't think I am poor, because if they think I am poor, they don't, you know, do business with me, for example. So maybe sometime for reasons like this, uh, I need to show a little bit of my money or my, you know, success, but I have to be very careful, because here our nafs may, you know, make tricks and may misguide us says yes you have to be living in a luxurious house why because you know you have important guests but is it really necessary is it really also needed to this level to this extent uh, it's very good if in such cases we consult people that are trustworthy because then they can look at our case without biasness and tell us is it the case really or not. Uh, I don't say many must have miserable life. No, I always say reasonable life. Even I didn't say that it's to be equal. I said it doesn't need to be equal. But what is reasonable for me? What is advisable for me? What if I, for example, present to wise mu'mineen or to, for example, Imam salam and say, oh Imam, in such age and time, in such situation that you see around me, is it okay for me to have this or not? 
If Imam would be happy, then that's fine. If you are not sure that Imam is happy, so you have to be cautious. So here uh, we cannot fix the amount or the measure for everyone, but we have some criteria to observe. Okay, I think that was the last question. So, inshallah, uh, we will continue next week. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would support you and your family and the community wherever you are. And I pray that inshallah, uh, Allah gives us the honor and tawfiq to be among the people that Imam Ali would be happy with them would be happy in considering them as his followers inshallah thank you very much wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin